What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name is Kanal, and I'm joined by the legend himself, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm good. Got back from having COVID for a full week uh, with the fiance, so we're both good. It sucks, but we're back. We're better now, and would love to talk about some football. Oh, for sure. Do anything fun while you're out, or are you just resting up? Oh, you know, just on the throes of the couch, watching whatever whatever was on the TV at the time. So that was that was pretty much the life until this weekend when I finally got to be able to read my books again and stuff. So my novels, my novels. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear him pushing up his glasses as he said books. Um, they're light novels. <laughs> Thank you. The the, the slight good. the slight intellectual superiority as he said books <laughs> is just it just completely understated. Oh man, I love again. I don't. I, I can't overstate enough how much I just love to read. Like I already got like two shelves full of like books. Um, I know some people are different. Some people are like, oh, having too many books, it gets to a point, and you know, unless you're staying in one house or something like that, it gets to a point where you move everything to like the to ebooks and stuff. But then it's like I have to rebuy them unless you're gonna like digitally scan them yourself, which like oof. So yeah, I don't um, know. Like, is that actually even like, are you allowed to do that? Like, how do you digitally scan? Like you just like take like a photocopier type thing or is there a way to do it? Get you a scanner and, you know, scan the cut. Like it'll be PDF. (laughs) It'll be PDF, mind you. But Uh like you can set it up to be like a a EPUB, which is my preferred format Mm. uh, for digital reading rather than just PDF. I used to read PDFs a lot when I used to read fan translations of stuff from Japan, but uh yeah, I, I it's it's really like I don't mind buying it, but like at the same time, if I'm trying to rebuy my whole library that's physical into digital, that's gonna suck. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh it's, my gosh, that, that's why like for like video games and stuff like that, I just stop buying like physical copies and I just go digital. Even though like a lot of people like having the the physical thing, just as something they could put on their shelf kind of thing. But we do because you never know when those ser- servers will go offline. You can't access your game, no matter if it's PlayStation or Xbox. I, <laughs> I am one of those had to happen people. a lot too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, usually I would say 99% of the time it's not going to happen, but you just never know, especially like if you get a PS5, for instance, without a disc reader, you know, then it's just like you're beholden to digital only. Yeah, So, dude, I, I got God of War last week, so God of War came out last week, and I have been playing it absolutely nonstop. I think I've already clocked like 40 hours of it while still working a full-time job and doing this. I mean, who hasn't clocked in 40 hours? I mean, I've clocked in stuff in like 60 hours before with the, like even with a job and stuff. It's it's doable. It's just you got to sacrifice that sleep. Yeah, that definitely sacrifice sleep. But it's just it's just too damn good of a game for you to not be uh, to put it down. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like I I I have it, too. So I understand. But like uh, I play it in sessions right now because my fiance loves to is actually like watching it like for the story which I love. And I like, I love that we're both like just looking at that together and it's really cool. But the only thing is like, you know, I, if, even if I want to keep playing sometimes, then she'll just be like, ah, no, you know, I'm good. I kind of want to read or something like, you know, just whatever. Like I want to do this or that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. Either put some on the TV. I, I go to reading or I go to do something else, but it's really, it's really cool when you try it like that. Cause it's like, you're actually getting through a good chunk of the game at a set pace and stuff. Mm-hmm. compared to if you want to just binge the game because don't worry I, i've binge games too you you know me <laughs> back in my ibm days i'll i'll come i'll come in and just be a what was it uh oh i'll come in and i'll just be i'll just be like gr- i'll just be like uh, like tired as hell and he'd be like adam you good yeah no no i was just playing my game last night till like you know three <laughs> or four in the morning no, no big deal <laughs> these are facts <laughs> oh man oh man all right you want to start talking seahawks 
Of course, let's get it. All right, Seahawks lost last week. Um, we'll get into that, but first thing we got to do is we got to give Munich some love. This was the first game in Germany. Um, it was it was just pretty surreal experience, right? Like just seeing all the the, the fan activity un, unfold. Yeah, you don't have the obnoxiousness or like the entitlement of Americans. You know, it feels really great. You see what happens like when you have fans that are actually just there for the enjoyment of the game. <laughs> yeah, man, like. They well, they were vibing. Like I think I saw, like they were the fans were like there, like an hour after the game, and they just like playing American, like like you know, like eighties hits type of things. Like Country Roads was playing played and stuff like that. Like they were just out there having a good time. Yeah, and I saw the 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 pictures they were selling because they they definitely said like, look at the size of the beer they're doing. I'm like, yeah, you'll never see that in America because they want to like <laughs> they want to make you pay like fifty dollars for just like a sip of beer. Yeah, dude, like I, don't get me started on like NFL game like stadium prices. It's like twenty five bucks for a beer, and I'm like, yeah, I, I've been to the Houston Texans. I've been to NRG. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I've yeah. play. I've played in NRG Stadium, and I've and now when it was NRG, and then now when it's since it's reliant, I definitely went as a fan. And oh my gosh, gaming. Getting me getting tendies and fries, it's like almost like like no, it's like twenty plus dollars just for tendies and fries and like a water. Yeah, don't, God, don't get me man. started on like ticket prices as well too. Like ticket prices have just gotten so out of proportion; it's just unreal. Like who can actually afford to go? Canal, canal, canal. How would the owners like feed their kids? You know? Yeah, they're those poor owners. <laughs> poor, poor owners. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the some of the highlights of that game though is like I was seeing like some really funny like the people are posting on Instagram and stuff like that like how they were like doing jersey modifications like well the the, the primary one was Russ's jersey and like someone like taped over the the uh, the Ilson part of Wilson and put uh, the the put Walker on there and like yeah, like that. pasted over <laughs> and pasted uh connected the top part of the three so that it was a nine so they turned it into a kenneth walker jersey there was a dude that actually just like completely like covered up wilson's name and replaced it with two first round picks <laughs> that was my favorite one yeah oh my god i, I was laughing at that one because i was like yep two first round picks you know i and again like oh my gosh like with russ over there on the broncos um, I do have, I, which I we will I'll talk about more later, and just like on my thing of why they're like kind of suffering through the season right now. But um, yeah, those two first round picks are really two first round picks, which goes not into this this upcoming draft, but next year's draft too. And we got now for this upcoming draft, we got two second round picks, two first round picks. It's just it's just like a boat a boatload of picks, and it's just gonna be great. Yeah, and just to just to clarify too, uh, the two first round picks we got for them from them were this past draft and this upcoming draft, I think, right? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, this is the second because I think that's how we use their pick to get Charles Cross. Yep, yep, yep. Which is, I, I mean, we needed it. Yeah, <laughs> that panned out. We pretty needed well. that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 dive into the game. Uh, what did you see from it? Um, we oh well. If you, I never got to actually see it because that was like my first day of rest after COVID, but I got to see like the highlights, like the highlight reel and stuff like that. And wow, it, it really sucks that we didn't really start scoring till like the fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. It just seemed like they flipped a switch and they're like, all right, we, we need to get going kind of thing. Right. It, it's really, what I do know is that like the NFL is an organic thing week in, week out. It's not like a guarantee you're going to win every single game, which I know some teams wish they would, but Cowboys it's fans. one of those things, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's one of those things that um, 
I think at the end of the day, it's just like you get out coached, either out coached or you get outplayed. It's one of the two. Um, and this one definitely got outplayed, if not out coached, especially. I mean, you're facing Brady. Just because they have a like a t- like a you know a low record, below five hundred record, doesn't you know mean that all of a sudden they just suck now or anything mm-hmm. like that. They still they had Godwin, they had Mike Evans, they had like all the, all the receivers for him that they're fully paying out. I think um, were, I think it was mostly a fully healthy offense, right? Because they had Julio, they had Julio in. Julio scored a touchdown on the exact same kind of route that um, DeAndre Hopkins scored on a week before, which kind of annoyed me because it was basically like a shallow crosser. It looked like a a busted play, but it it was it was a it was a short pass yeah. that turned into a long touchdown, which was yeah. Which was it wasn't. Weird. I wouldn't say that was there was a busted play, but it wasn't that one. Like not all like oh big plays are busted plays. Sometimes you just got to give respect to how they got that play out. And yeah, that's in that one. Yeah, with that one with Julio Jones. Hey, respect to Julio Jones right there. I'm glad that man's still having fun. Um, it did hurt watching that like that run. Sometimes you'll see those runs and it's like oh man. But that, that, I mean, we have a lot of youth. You have to also remember. At the end of the day, we do have rookies out there. We do have young players out there, very young players out there too. Um, I won't put that fully. I won't put the game fully on the young players, but at the same time, this defense is still like, yeah, they hardened up. I'm not saying we're still a, like we're a bad defense, but like uh, we're still running with like a, that four three personnel. We we managed to make it gel and work. I think we still made it work. I mean, at the end of the day, the game came out to what sixteen and twenty one with the Bucks winning it, but. I think that we, I think, you know, I think we're doing pretty good. And at the very least, like, I don't think that like, oh, you know, that's our litmus test right there. We failed it. So like, you know, oh, we really do suck. I still, you know, that's wrong. I still think this is a great team at the end of the day. Um, I do love that. Like, I do do love the gains that we made. And I said, whatever, I told you like last week with the wins and losses, like there's going to be wins and losses that are going to come at us. We don't know from where, but I, I definitely not going to say we're going to win every single game. Yeah, for sure. We got the Chiefs coming up pretty soon, so. Ah, uh, yeah, we still got the Chiefs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't forget about that now. Yeah, uh, but the I think the it just kind of came down to like for me it it the, we 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 give a lot of love to running the football. You know, running the football is sexy again, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of what it came down to is that it just K uh, nine made his presence felt. You know, as a receiving back, you know that's good to see. As in terms of like player development, that he can have this versatility of also being a receiving back, because I think he caught like uh, I think five or six catches for like fifty plus yards or something like that. You know, he made his presence felt, but uh, at his bread and butter, he he wasn't able to uh, he wasn't able to get a lot of carries, a lot of yards off of um, handoffs and that kind of thing. And yeah, on the other the side Bucks, of the ball, yeah, remember it's the Bucks defense. Yeah, the Bucks yeah, defense. Like they don't have Shaq Barrett, but Vita Vea, go Huskies. He, you know that guy. That guy can eat yep. up an entire offensive line, it feels like. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's like that's the same thing that they did, you know, the, the bucket this is a Buccaneers defense that, you know, completely smothered the Chiefs offense um yep. in a Super Bowl, right? And so mm-hmm. it's um I mean, a lot of the players are are gone now, but they still have some of the key pieces. And so, you know, they were able to to stop us from running the ball, which is something that we try to do. I feel like, you know, there there's probably there's probably uh, some intelligent criticism that's not going to come from me that probably should go towards like play calling. Um, like you said, it felt like uh, it didn't like we didn't start clicking until the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's not like all of a sudden, like a new team was out there, right? Like maybe we should have, should have gone to a, a different uh, playbook or, you know, like a different script at earlier on in the game might've given us an opportunity to get back. 
but you got to appreciate the fact that they're trying to do like what good teams are doing around the league right now, which is establishing the run, right? Yeah, uh, but did we? When did they start throwing the ball to K nine in the game? Was that like later on, like around that fourth quarter, or was it like in the beginning? I know they tried to run. I think I've it was definitely second half because I think in the first half, I think like we we had like something like less than a hundred yards of total offense. It was just okay. It was yeah, it was, yeah. and that's like and that's that. and you know I wouldn't like all of a sudden just all of a sudden just like be in arms like oh my gosh it's it's bad y'all it's 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 not good you know we're not really good it's i say it's okay because if you're gonna lose to a team lose to the bucks i mean yeah. why not on the like, other side of the ball too they were able to um they, i mean they had like a they had over 100 and i think 140 yards rushing right with rashad white i think um i think mm-hmm. he was the primary carrier and then leonard fournette was backing him up or maybe it was the other way around but i think uh i think white got the most uh yards but um you know, just give respect where respect is due. Like, you know, it says more about us, right, as fans, where our where our expectations are, like early in the season, where we're like, we don't give a fuck if we lose every game, right? right. To where we are right now, where we're like, oh, this is actually important, right? That just says more about how things have gone this season. Six and four is done. It's not bad. We are still on track to head to the playoffs and stuff like that. It's not now. If we go all of a sudden go like six and six and eleven now that that's that's a different story that's when we'll we'll talk about like what went wrong but like yeah just one loss because we had a good streak um i will say that our defense isn't fully sound we still have like the gaps especially when they start pick you know they start targeting not like if they target like woolen or something like that but it's just how they scheme it and stuff like that because we're starting so many young players like i kid you i don't think we i don't know if we are the most if we're the team with the most rookies being started, but at the same time, you again at the end of the day, just like think about like what this team is doing and stuff like that. And granted, you see how with sixteen and like if we went, we got sixteen points in that fourth quarter, and they only had twenty one. Like at that point, if we just actually scored, we could potentially have won. That it was a winnable game. It, it just hurt to watch the first half. Yeah, and it kind of it was wild. Like uh, I mean, it was like a game we could have won too, even with the way that things went. I think Gino had a fumble deep in the red zone. That's something I saw that. that. This was and that's something that's kind of a criticism of the the Seahawks this season too is that it seems like when once we're in the red zone we have trouble coming away with six points. Um, I thought we were. I thought Gino was on their side, on our side of the field, and then he fumbled, and then they had like a short field to the. T- uh, I thought that's where he fumbled. I thought, or maybe that was a different fumble, but I'm pretty sure he had a could fumble. Been, could have been two different. It could have been two fumbles with different people, but I did see a fumble where we were on our side and and stuff like that, but. Regardless, um, I think, you know, the Seahawks knew what to do, what to uh, solidify on. And, of course, like, we just need to hold – they just need to hold each other. Defense got to hold the offense. Offense got to hold the defense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are bright spots. Tariq Woolen got a funny pick off of Leonard Fournette. Uh, Tom Brady, like, tripped up or something. Like, it was, like, some stupid trick play. And I did think Tom Brady, Tom Brady – Did you see Tom Brady's tweet after that, though, on that? <laughs> if I would have kept picked? my footing, that would have been Moss over or something like that. Moss over the top someone else was, I, thought some, I thought he said someone was open for, like, 60-something yards. Was it, like – was he saying him or someone else? I think it was saying him. Oh, uh, yeah, he got, like, a lot of retweets and all that stuff on that one. Uh, but he uh, – I think even at the line of scrimmage, he, Tom, Tom was trying to call it off, like, don't throw it to me. And Leonard threw it anyway and got it got picked off. And it was like a – it was kind of a cake pick, too. And, you know, Cody Barton actually got a pick off Tom Brady or uh, later on in that. the game. I think Jordan Brooks had an opportunity to get a, a similar type of pick, but I think no, it's just – that those, there are those two balls for – I saw both of those. The one that Cody – uh, Cody Barton got I think was really solid but like the one that 
uh, Brooks did, he had he just put his hand up, and I know why because that ball was going fast. Like he wasn't like, oh, let me get this pick. It wasn't an easy pick. Okay. So yeah. I'm glad he actually stopped that one. Regardless, you know, good job, good job for Cody for you know being uh, doing good in that in that case because this is a contract year for him. So, and you know, um, other positives to take away. I mean, Seahawks had an opportunity to come back, and you know, if push comes to shove, they have they have some teeth. Um, they didn't come away with it this week, but you know, they could come away with it next time. You know, hopefully, we're not put in this kind of a situation too often, but fingers crossed, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I when I was watching it, I was like, you know how you just don't want to wa- rewatch or watch a game where you know your team loses. But like in watching that game, we still had fight. We they still stayed in it. You know they could have gave up because it was definitely twenty one to three at one point, and then it went to twenty one and sixteen. But of course we, you know, it was like too li- too little too late. And I know like the last drive, uh, the Bucks like ran the ball out and stuff like that. And that's just on the deep. That I will say that's on the defense. And the D line, I will say, like looking at how our three four defense is, we do have the the D linemen to get in there and plug the holes. It's the it's either the edge players or the linebackers that need to spill and get that tackle. Because I saw Cody Barton miss one, and then you know they broke off for a big run and stuff like that. Which like I love Cody Barton, you know, uh, I love him like as a player, as a as a person, but. I think we need, you know, we'll talk about this later, but I think we need to like go and draft a, a good run defense, like linebacker to put right beside, um, or actually even a good, just a good athletic, linebacker kind of guy. Yeah, like a good off ball linebacker right beside Jordan Brooks, and I think we'll be good to go. But um, one thing I do that you see and I, us as a need. One thing that you and I were talking about a lot too, leading up to the trade deadline, was you know Roquan Smith, but uh, we couldn't, we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't uh, put the chips down for that one. And, you know, we weren't expecting it to happen either, too, with how, like, the Seahawks typically are at the trade deadline. But that that was one that uh, we would have liked to see because that would have been, like, a perfect fit with, like, how Jordan Brooks plays. Yeah, I think I think even Pete was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're looking. We're calling. You know, we're, we're doing what we need. We're doing what we're supposed to do for a trade. I'm like, that's basically Pete speak for, I don't think we need to really. I mean, we'll look, but we're not really going to trade anyone. We're actually trying to trade people away like Sidney Jones and stuff which I think we let him go yeah I think he's on the Raiders now yeah yeah, yeah. so like we let him go but like no one because that's why we actually started him but you know uh no one wanted him for like you know to get more picks and stuff like that so um you know because could have probably got like a fifth round pick or something like that you never know so regardless fifth uh, round picks ain't so bad right (laughs) (laughs) if if you know what to do and who like that, that's why like in the NFL, all picks can actually equal out to like some studs and stuff like that. And Madden fifth round picks and below are like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, hopefully we can get some more, uh, maybe to see what we do in the off season going forward. Cause we'll have money. So. Yeah. We talked a little bit about offense. We talked a little bit about defense. Um, should we talk a little bit about special teams? Mike Dixon, that man can punt a ball, and I'm glad he's on our team because he he put us in some good positions in the game. Yeah, he was like he he uh he was like he was like he was like a golfer out there. He was putting it right on the on the uh, on the sideline. You know, he got one at the four yard line and one at the two yep. yard line or something like that. It was like it was pretty wild. Like you know, Pat McAfee in the back, like I, like getting rowdy about punters and stuff like that too. But, but yeah, oh, he had yeah. an outing. You know, it's good to see after those two uh early season kind of like mental break mental uh you know mental breaks that he had with um like the uh the what do you call it 
where he where with the two blocked punts, right? One in the end zone and one, you know, deep in the red zone. Um mm-hmm. earlier in the season, I mean. Yeah. One thing um, though one thing though that we probably should keep an eye on though is our return game. It seems like our return game is kind of non existent at this point, isn't it? Um yeah, I would love some opportunities to get some good, you know, to get stuff there. But at the very least, we're not like being piss poor at special teams to where special teams be costing us like it was early in the season. Like every everything was going wrong except for maybe the offense. But uh, yeah, well, I think we I think special teams has some work to do. But at the same time, it's basically kind of like how we solidify like we're kind of like, you know, solidifying the defense. It's not all that. It's like, you know, an average defense now. And we have like an average special teams now, but I think we we are still missing missing some pieces in terms of defense and special teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think DJ Dallas primarily handles I think return duties. I don't know about kick returns as well, but is he? I think he's on both both returns because especially with him being the third back, mm-hmm. um, or is no is Travis Homer the third back and DJ Dallas is the backup now? I think I so. Believe. Yeah, that's something so that we it, sh- we should. I mean, I think that's something that we should put put uh, shine a light on too. Is that seems like we you know we we're Kenneth Walker was our third running back and now he's our starter, right? So running back depth is that something that we should look to? Um, I mean, we've always been all about the running back depth, especially when the injury uh, the injury woes from the post Marshawn Lynch era. So that's going to be a thing. We definitely need. We definitely do a lot of packages with more pass catching, like having our pass catching running backs take advantage of it. But I'm glad that they're figuring things out with K nine himself to see like what else he can do because like throw him the ball. How about make him make him. I understand like he is the, the workhorse back for us right now, but also maybe throw some, you know, uh, throw a few passes to him just to see. I'm not saying he's CMC, but at the very least, we have a, a running back that can that can block, catch, and run. Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt, you know, Alexander Madison for uh, Madison for Dalvin Cook. You know, you just kind of need those tandems, those guys okay, that can give, yeah. you, give you a breath too. But those, I believe I believe in the one-two punch for sure. Yeah, um, Seahawks have a bye next week. You know, I think comes at a good time. I don't think we've racked up. I think we the only injury that we we got out of that game. Was I think DS Critch got a hand injury. Um, I think it's something that they'll keep an eye on. But um, you know, we're at the halfway point of the season. It's a good time to have a bye week. You know, I think going into this, we're a little bit we're on the healthier side. Hopefully, we can get Trey Brown back in in the mix. You know, uh, even though Mike Jackson has been playing his tail off, um, it's always good to just get another body in there just for for depth and that kind of thing as well. Now that Sidney Jones has been let go, and I don't know about Alton Robinson. I think Alton Robinson might be looking to try to get back. I don't know if he, I think he's a little bit further out, but my mm, week's coming yeah. up. Like, like I said, you know, um, players need, players can rest up and hopefully they can recharge for the, the final push. Cause we got some, we got some games ahead of us. We do. We, we, we do. Um, and none of them are a given right now. No games for us are a given. So in your, and also like in your, um, opinion, uh, for Eskridge himself, what do you th- like? Do you think he has proven himself to be that second round pick that we needed with what he's done so far, or no? Not yet. I'm not saying that it, that'll that won't happen ever. Um, it just seems like he has trouble. If if you're not even getting any touches on the field, you know, it kind of speaks as to like 
what your your standing is with regards to like you know coach confidence from the coaches and stuff like that right you know he has his gadget plays he'll, he'll do like he'll do a jet sweep or something like that every so often but he's not even like really used in the turn game which you kind of would expect from your third or fourth he's our uh, uh, he's he's our fourth choice wide receiver at best because Marquise Goodwin has been playing very well with that's Gina right. Smith. I'd be forgetting because we. I feel like we have a pretty at this stage because before it wasn't the case, but we have a pretty like deep, somewhat deep like wide receiver roster. Yeah, and then we also bridge. drafted two this year too. I think Bo Melton, but I don't know if he's still on the team. And uh, Darrell, not Darrell Young, Darius Young. Oh uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Darius. It's um, something with a D, though. I think. It, no, because I'm getting this correct. Uh, Derek Young. Oh, Derek Young. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Derek Young actually gets a lot of he gets a lot of love on special teams too. People like say he's he's a gunner and that kind of thing too. So, yeah, um, and I know Goodwin. Goodwin got a touchdown and he was uh he you know he put his hand up to the sky because that's uh I think it was it's two years it was two years to I don't know if it was that day on the game but that's when he lost his uh his uh daughter to childbirth yeah. so. Um, if you, you if know, you got if, you, if you're listening if you're listening and you don't know Marquis Goodwin's story, go look it up because uh, you can't help but root for root for the guy after you see all that he's been through. He's had multiple, or him and his wife had had multiple, I think, stillbirths or miscarriages yeah. type of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, but so, like that's what I'm saying. But we got three, and then with that, like I love Goodwin. He's been really good with Gino, um, especially you know after that first game with the Broncos, you know because. Gino gave him that good old hug and said in his ear, like, let's ride. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but uh, there, there was something else that went along with that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. A but, firm uh, grab. Like, <laughs> the firm grab, you know. Yeah. But um, it, it does say a lot because I remember we were always just having DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and we were always looking for that third receiver. And you, you know it. Like, we had uh, the Flash on our team who was really good, but – you know, the NFL was just being stupid with him. And I think we've tried Penny Hart and we had um oh, yeah, Penny Hart's uh, still on the team. Yeah, I forgot who was the other one that we let go that like had those really good deep ball passes to from like Russ. Um, but we he, we let him go for someone else. But um he used to always like he used to be our third like back, like when Russ was like, Oh, everyone's you got everybody? Okay, let me throw it to him. I forgot his name, but um regardless, we always used to find a third right receiver. We have it now. And then, of course, now we have three tight ends we have to throw to. So, of course, for unfortunately for Eskridge, he's just not going to get a lot. Of, like, you're not going to get a lot of targets in general. I mean, there's only so many times. Yeah, there's only so many balls that can be thrown, right? Like, it's, yeah. Gino's already thrown about 30 times a game. You know, you already named off eight people or at least six <laughs> people that are in front of it's him. In three, terms of you got your order. three top receivers in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Marquee's Goodwin. Coming, yeah. That's yeah, it's three, and, and then, then you three, tight ends. three tight ends, and, and you know, then those, we can start. To... Those tight ends are aren't they're not just like they're 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 utilized because they they help move the football down the field efficiently too. Whether I mean, by running the ball or throwing it to them, yeah, you just don't know when they, they, they. I think that's one criticism that they got, like the Seahawks got, is that they didn't use their thirteen personnel early on in the game uh, against the Buccaneers, and they were trying to see like you know is that thing where. Um, they didn't want to play their hand too early in the game and have the Buccaneers come in and make adjustments at halftime and then take the game away from them at the end. But in doing so, right. they were really ineffective at running the beginning of the game. 
And then, of course, the they, the game was getting away from them, so they had to actually start throwing the ball more and more. You know, yeah. that's when like the that's at that point, like when you're 14 and it's 14 zip, it's like, OK, we got to throw the ball. We got to get down the field. We may run here and there, but we're not going to be doing all this heavy running and stuff and like taking up a lot of the clock. So, yeah. unfortunately. All right, let's go around the league, bud. OK, um, so what do you want to talk top about? Top of the list. Yeah, let's go for it right from the beginning. All right, we're we're at the halfway point. Um, people are starting to think about uh, drafting. You know, the, like talents that are out there. You know, who's who's going to be drafted where? That kind of thing. Talk to me about some people that you're looking at right now. So for the Seahawks, after that game and wherever the NFL is, we have about. Let me see here. We have. Two picks, of course, for for all that for everyone that doesn't know, we have the one pick from the Broncos, so we want the Broncos to keep losing to get that pick higher. But currently, with the Broncos pick, we are at pick twelve, like just right outside of the top ten, and then we have another pick at twenty one. I've just been taking personally, just been taking a look at some mock drafts. So this is just from CBS Sports, and the two uh, that they have going for us is a offensive. Uh, lineman i think a guard specifically from uh florida uh i'm just going all over the place on this web page for some odd reason um osiris torrance from uh florida he's a junior right now six five 347 pounds from uh from florida yeah transfer from louisiana and he's in florida now but he's been really dominant i definitely think we need a guard um just, that's like the uh, well and a center of course but with that pick 12 i would even i'm even i'm just gonna say yeah let's let's why not double down more on the offensive line and then of course with the second pick they have uh let me just scroll down here. Ah, they have bj ojolari i don't know if this ojolari is related to the one on the giants i didn't look this up but uh um so actually, wait a second. Oh yes, yes. That is. I just read it right now. Yeah. So uh, o, BJ Ojolari is the brother of the other Ojolari, or on the, uh, of Ojolari from the Giants. So hopefully he could be better than his brother and become our best edge player if he were to come in from LSU at pick twenty one. Not sure if it'll if he'll fall that far if you know if he's considered a top prospect or not. But I don't. I think that we definitely need to get more edge on the D-line for those pass rush situations and even getting off uh, for those run defense uh, situations as well. Personally, I would also like to see if we can go and look for a D-tackle because Al Woods is 35 years old. But uh, that's just kind of like my thing right now. I think I've seen another mock draft where we went to go get uh, Sewell from the uh, the linebacker from Oregon. Uh, I've seen it, some people are saying put him right beside Jordan Brooks have like an awesome linebacking duo. Um, I think everyone is, uh, I think everyone has like their pros and cons, but that's like some of the players I'm kind of looking at right now for like those first two picks. Uh, if anything, if nothing specific, an offensive lineman and a D lineman or an edge is mm-hmm. like my uh, high priority. What about you? For for me, I, I mean, uh, I'm not as familiar as you are with like players that are out there, but you know, in terms of like draft needs, you, you touched on interior line, and I think that's a, a strong point of emphasis. I think that we need to, to double, like you say, double down on. Because if you if you do, if you follow the mold of like what the Cowboys did, you know, right before Dak Prescott got there, you know, they, they just kept drafting O lineman, O lineman, O lineman year after year. And then they mm-hmm. had one of the best O lines that, you know, the league's seen in a long time. Um, for me, it's, uh, 
it's difficult to say on the defensive side of the ball which is more priority if it's you know people that have their hands on the ground or if it's the linebacking court that stands behind them. Um, you know, we we've already invested quite a bit in edge players, but does that mean that you stop investing in edge players, or you? I mean, you continue investing in edge players until you, you know, you get someone that is good right from the get go, or you try to develop your players and then try to shore up other areas while while those guys are developing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mid- middle of the, I think the middle middle linebacker position next to Jordan Brooks. I think that's probably a. Um, I think that's probably an area that can do with some improvement, but I, I think I'd, I'd go along the defensive line. I think that's where, I think that's where we need to um, shore things up because if we, if we have days like we did like this past weekend where um, the bucks are getting like 140 yards on the ground, then, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard watching us because it's just Having that good defensive line is what's what is what stops a team from getting dominated, right? Yep. And so you, you, that's probably where I'd probably put my uh, one of my first round picks. And if we keep both of them, we'll see where 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 things end up. Too, we don't know where the uh, the Broncos pick, like you said, is at twelve right now. But you don't know where it's going to end up at the end of the season, right? Yeah, and I think right now, like currently, for like I guess like the first ten you or first five picks, you still have you now have the Houston Texans at number one, Steelers at two, Bears at three, uh, Colts at four, and Lions at five right now. So all the QBs are going to get taken up like very quick. Like Bryce Young, I think he's going to be first round pick or first round first, like the first pick in the draft. Um, I would love to see if we can go after like a really good edge, but like with that, with the pick being at 12, it's more of just like a BPA kind of thing. Like get the best player available. Um, I'm definitely with you, whether it's an edge for the very first pick or if it's a offensive lineman, I wouldn't, I don't think you can go wrong either way. In yeah. my opinion, I, I, best player available for, for the needs that, that we've established, right? Like if we were to prioritize it um, for me personally, it'd probably be, you know, defensive line, offensive line, middle linebacker or maybe offensive line middle linebacker switch and then probably safety mm-hmm. if you're if you're using that judgment and um looking at the the list of you know players available and you find you know maybe there's a a, a c level like just using an example a c level defensive tackle at you know your first pick but there's an a plus level um you know offensive guard sitting there and even though your priority is you know defensive tackle if that a plus is there i wouldn't mind if they take that a plus player because you know that's going to be an immediate impact very quickly if if you're going to take an offensive line you got to take it very early because they go they go quick like yeah especially like like, the really good because it's like you know it's that drop off like especially in this past draft all those tackles they were talking about whoever get whoever needs tackles you need to get them now just take whoever because they were saying seahawks were going to get evan o'neill and or or we Evan get Neal. Or, or excuse me Evan Neal yeah someone else Evan Neal or Charles Cross and I was just like okay you know just take whoever's there and of course it just ended up we get Cross but I think we got like the better tackle and most uh, from like all the other tackles in my opinion but at the very least all tackles in that first round most of them anyway they only have like one thing to do is and it's just get better and better like throughout the season so it's yeah, either like it's- a C or a or a B or an A but like you can only go up. Would you say offensive line play and maybe offensive line play more so than anything else translate well from college to NFL? Um, it, it, it depends on the system you play in. That's one. But then two, 
it depends on how you are as a player individually. There's a whole thing of like, are you one that you can get low when you need to because you were going to go against you were going to go against some very big defensive uh, defensive ends, edges, or if you're in the inner offense, if you're a, a inside offensive lineman, you are going to be facing people like Aaron Donald and stuff like that. <laughs> murderers, so, you're going to be facing murderers. <laughs> you're going to be facing <laughs> serial killers, if you will, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's it's just a matter of like what how how good is your technique? That's the one thing you need to always look at when you're looking at offensive linemen. It's technique, and then of course like their re- like you know their record of play and stuff like that. In my opinion, does it transfer well? What, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But you you're gonna have to develop them either way. Yeah, and I think that's probably why um, Abraham Lucas is like such a good story this this season. Just for anyone, right? Because taking mm-hmm. right tackle. Third, third round, you don't really expect uh, a lot of contribution out of him, but he's mm-hmm. kind of come in right from the get-go and has established himself pretty, pretty well. You know, Charles Cross as well on the other side. And I think the thing that people people um, commend them both on is they're bo- both of them have pretty good technique with their hands, at least from from what I've mm-hmm. seen. And that translates well into how how the, the Seahawks offensive line scheme seems to work, right, where you – you do, there's a lot of hand fighting, and you're just trying to um, create that pocket for the quarterback. So you'll see a lot of fluidity with their feet, fluidity with their hips, and a lot of hand fighting as they're as they're trying to establish that protection. Yeah, and I think we're just gonna. I think definitely, like from the like from the defense perspective, we're gonna just be concentrating on that D line first, and then move to linebacker. I feel like linebacker is gonna get taken care of in the second round because we have two second round picks too, and from a lot of mock drafts, linebackers aren't really taken as high as you would think, like, especially for this, um, for the CBS, well, this very early CBS sports mock draft, the first linebacker to go off is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Uh, and he's, he goes off at pick 29. So I wouldn't say like, oh man, we need to go after this one linebacker, unless it's like one of those, like, I would say somewhat of a generational talent or like an athletic freak or something like that. But more than like, we need, we need edge help, uh, anything Oh, granted, we have been doing very well in terms of sacking the QB and stuff, but I do know that we need we need to work on that D line some more. Yeah, it's more about like the the strategy of having like a, a deep rotation on the defensive line. You know, people that can you can just plug and play. Uh, if you have like a strong if you have like a strong system in that on that defensive line, you know, you you educate your players pretty well, and so that people who can just come in as your undrafted free agents or under you know, your undrafted free agents or your your vets that are trying to revive their career and stuff like that they can get mm-hmm. put into a system use their individual qualities and you know move it in a direction in the in the direction that the team wants to go instead of relying mm-hmm. on individual talent alone right because mm-hmm. like that's what the um that's what the broncos ended up doing with like russ and you know uh, i hate always bringing in Russ, but he's just the example that always comes to mind where, you know, you take a really talented player in one system and you try to put him in another system and expect him to, to, to play really well. Right. That mm-hmm. player might've just exceed uh, excelled in that system that was already there. I mean, you see it year in year out with the Belichick system, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And well, when people leave the Belichick system, people are like, pay that person all the money. Yeah. And that's Chargers. always what ends up happening. And that's why for a successful organization, our, our, our expression has been for a long time, win forever, right? It hasn't really felt mm-hmm. like it. We haven't made it out of the first round of the playoffs in a long time. But the 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 the, the sentiment there is that, you know, 
it's the it's the antithesis to what the Rams did. I mean, the Rams got their ring, so you know they they might have won that battle. But the Ooh, idea is hurting this year. They're they're they are a dumpster fire. It's just it's very <laughs> difficult to watch. I feel bad for everybody on that on that team. But that's the idea, right? Is that you're you're now you're not you're no longer a team that because when you're when you're a team that plays that badly, you also don't become an appealing team for. Um, other free agents to come in, you know, like if you have your your free agents that are looking to move on to their next team, your Uchenna Nwosus, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't attract those kind of players if you, I mean, granted, I don't, I'm not saying the Rams are because the Rams have a phenomenal, they have a phenomenal coaching heritage that's stemming from Sean McVay already. But, um, you know, if you don't have that culture in place, then, you know, it's going to be difficult to continue to succeed. You, you'll, you'll be a very, um, what what is a cyclical team? You know, you'll have your good periods, and then you'll be, you know, you'll stink for a long period of time. Then you'll have your good periods, oh, and then yeah. you'll stink for a long period of time. And as a fan, that Rams, sucks. Yeah, Rams are going to be like going through it for a little bit. Um, they have a lot of talent, but things are just not clicking anymore. So, you know, Jets were Jets are still on fire, but like they lost their their rookie running back right <laughs> for like the rest of the season and stuff like that. I mean, you have like different types of failures, different types of successes. So. Um, and then speaking of like those, you know, um, people getting injured and stuff like that, uh, I had here that Derek, well, Derek Carr, like in the post interview, had some tears after that loss. Oh man, uh, that's to the Colts, that, man. It's it's difficult being a Raiders fan right now, ain't it? it yeah, but well, it's the it's the opposite of our approach. Like they got Devontae Adams, you know, they have Josh Jacobs, you know, playing well. They have Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, a pretty, I mean, it's not as good as it's been in the past, but a steady offensive line. I mean, Raiders fan can probably tell me more about how their offensive line play is in general, but I mean, it's well enough, right? And Derek Carr, who's like a, you know, feels like a 15th year veteran at this point. I feel like he's been there. Right. But like uh, that whole core, like that core of people, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, um, Darren Waller and others, injuries, man, like. All these injuries or IR and things of that nature, they're losing games back to back. Um, I mean, at the very least, like in terms of like what's next for the Raiders, I think at this point they need to blow it up. Like, but granted, it needs to come down from ownership. But you know, we'll see about we'll see what happens with that. But like, I think they just need to blow it up at this point. Like Derek Carr, it's been great, but they Raiders fans should know the ceiling of rate of Derek Carr at this point. And I get it. You know, you got you got Devontae Adams, but at the same time, like you need to give him another quarterback or something, man. Because um, yeah, I feel like it's Derek Carr has he's lived through so much of like the Raiders' turbulence, like going up and down and stuff like that. But man, it, it's just not working. I mean, that you, you touched on it right there, right? Turbulence. I think that's the key word. Um, there, it's like they're trying to build a you know a house with a on, on, on like really wet soil, that kind of thing, right? Like it's just the ground is just <laughs> yeah. kind of. Sh- it's like trying to build it on quicksand. Everything's just like shaking underneath you. You know, it's not steady ground. And, you know, yep. they, how many coaches has Derek Carr gone through at this point? You know, he's had John Gruden and Josh McDaniels. Those are the two that come to mind. John Gruden's interim. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. And then I know before, well, no, John Gruden was there for a minute. And I forgot who was before that and all that. Ugh. And then before that, too, because he, he he's had many, many coaches. And at this point, but it's like, 
you can't do much. Like I know Derek Carr has been like a good face of that, somewhat of a face of the franchise. But at this point, it's like you gotta, you, I you just gotta let Derek Carr go. Let him go to another team at this point. He needs to try something it's more new out of sympathy. It's, it's more out of sympathy for Derek Carr from from where I'm coming from, right? Where I feel like his career has kind of been like he hasn't developed to the point where he probably had all the tangibles for what you expect out of a quarterback, right? In terms of arm talent, decision making. Um, accuracy that kind of thing i mean he probably had the the, the foundation on which to, to develop um it's just that he's just been completely stunted by this like this like turbulence to use your word around yeah. the, the the coaching staff and players getting organization in, in general oh players yeah we, we, we don't even need to we don't oh, we don't even need to go into like how well, I, bad. I won't go into who but like play, everyone knows this when players getting into trouble and either getting kicked off the team um coaches terrible uh, drafting dude like terrible terrible drafting because all those first round picks um i think all the first round picks over the last four or five years yeah, they got that they got out of uh khalil mack like i don't think they amounted to anything nothing and and none of that basically the we'll call them the gruden picks because they didn't really amount to much because like abram's gone He, he was put on the waiver he's on green bay now um they whoever's left like uh uh J- josh jacobs and stuff like that like they they didn't take their fifth year like their fifth year offers or anything like that and it's just they don't want any of them like and at this point it's like you might as well just it might be a josh mcdaniels thing so isn't this like his second year was co- his first year or second year i think it's his first year okay so i mean but he's already kind of like he's two and seven he just lost to jeff saturday who previous who in the past two games you know, like he he Jeff Saturday's last game before he took the head co- head coaching job as Colts for the Colts was he lost to like some prep school in Georgia, like high school football, right? Like Jeff Saturday yeah. doesn't have experience coaching like like uh, you know professional athletes and stuff like that. Granted, he was a player; he knows that environment, but you can't just let that guy walk in and come to your house eat your damn dinner and then, and then and then take it with them and take seconds too. like at this yeah. point it's just like i don't know so basically like they need to blow it up and for the raiders that's like that's my thing but um you had anything else to say on them yeah i mean uh, i think do we do we are we worried about josh mcdaniels like as a coach like what what has been the the coaching level failures that you've seen from um, the Raiders this season. I mean, he shouldn't be worried for his job. Mark Davis came out and said, you know, I'm back in Josh McDaniels, you know, whatever, whatever you need to say. But I think the big thing that sticks out for me is their inability to close out games. Haven't they gone up by like 17 plus points, like multiple times, this three times a season, three times out of 10 and lost every single one. Like yep. he can't be doing that. Like what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. And then you have games where you have Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams, both going over a hundred yards in their respective fields and multiple touchdowns. And then you have a game where no receptions to Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs only had like three runs or something like that. That's so up and down and inconsistent at this point, like something's got to give. Yeah. Um, it's not going to start with Josh McDaniels. I don't think so, but Derek not, Carr got to go. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr. Uh, they got to they got to do something about their roster, and I think they got to start. I think Derek Carr very well very well may have to go, but I think that team that organization needs to take a big look in the mirror and in terms of like everyone above Josh McDaniels, you know, player personnel, mm-hmm. VPs of player personnel, that kind of thing. Your operations guys, the guys that are going out there, your scouts. Like you need if you're if you want to develop into a successful organization, you got to start there. 
figure out people. Yeah. You got to put the people in there that can find people that'll contribute to a good football team, right? Like you, I mean, what does it say about the organization that they're going after players that a lot of players who, who get arrested, right? Like mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, for example, at Florida, how many of those guys got arrested over in that, in that Tim, in those Tim Tebow years? I mean, they won, yeah. but it, it doesn't say, it doesn't speak much as to like the, the character of the person itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, I'm not going to say that like every type of player is going to be like a whatever. Cause like, I'm just going to be honest here. Like, I know they want to do the personality test so they can see if they're like a red flag and stuff. And even people like you and me aren't going to be red flags for them. But then sometimes because an influx of money or bad decisions were made or something like that happens, things happen. Right. And unfortunately, like for the Raiders, they went through it. Um, Derek Carr had his support for some, but like, man. It, it, it's tough for the Raiders. And at this point, I'm sorry, but we're, we're going to have to let Derek Carr go. I mean, you can probably go to a team um, that needs a quarterback. Um, there are still teams that need quarterbacks, maybe the Saints or something like that. We'll talk about them literally next up after this. But uh, um, it's just, yeah, they just need to blow it up. But, like, one last thing, and uh, and it's it's really about the Colts real quick. Um if you don't know who this uh, this person is, so Brett Coleman made a video. Uh, one of my favorite people I like to watch um, do football videos and stuff. He made that a video um, called "What the Hell Are the Colts Doing with the Jeff Saturday?" Right, and he basically, and I know we've done this already before, but he basically summed up perfectly of like that whole situation over there. Um, and even like I think even Joe Thomas was even saying like it was a that was a very disrespectful move too because not just for like minorities or other black uh, black coach uh, assistant coaches and stuff trying to be a head coach. But you have to also understand like when you actually have to look at like how long, especially when you're under good head coaches and stuff, how long those head coaches are there. And when people literally get the chance to be an interim head coach, like, you know, from within, they just move them up and stuff like that. That really is a slap to all the people, like to all the faces, especially on the Colts, um, the Colts, the Colts coaching staff, I would be pissed because it's like, oh, you know, you know, nothing against Frank Reich, but it's like, hey, this might be my turn to get a shot or something like that. But then they just bring someone clearly out of nowhere. I don't care who you are, what race you are, what creed you come from. That's very disrespectful to have uh, what the Colts are doing over there. And granted, that's I hope that stays with the Colts. But like that's that's a very stupid like decision to do that instead of like bringing up someone that's been on that. I bet you there are people on that. uh, I didn't you know, I didn't look at this personally, but um, there are people on that staff that have been there for years, literally years, maybe a decade or so trying to get their chance at being a head coach, no matter if you're a QB coach, wide receiver, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, people, people have been waiting and then. It's just like, oh, nope, nope. Sorry. Like, like we just got to put a ceiling on y'all because we already have someone coming from way outside from left field about to become in here as our, our interim head coach, which I get this feeling that they're just going to make him the head coach if he does so well. And so. you, you, Colts should know better than anyone, right? Because they had Bruce Arians come through when Chuck Pagano had cancer. Like, mm-hmm. he, like Bruce Arians came through. He was Andrew Luck's quarterback coach, I think offensive coordinator as well. And mm-hmm. then he came through and became head coach during that period of time. And that led to successful. him becoming it was successful and it led to him becoming the head coach of the Cardinals and then eventually the Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl with like 
if he didn't get that opportunity, would he have ever would he have ever won the Super Bowl, right? If you're looking that far back, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta look from within when you're in that interim situation. Unless you expect the organization to be so bad, like it's just completely rotten all the way across the board, maybe. Um, like if it was just like some like some big scandal type of thing, you you gotta and look. And I love Bruce Arians too because uh, there's another coach that had a similar kind of trajectory too, and that was Todd Bowles, who got underneath or who started working with Bruce Arians early. And um, yeah, and as you can see, Bruce Arians like helped that man become the head, become a head coach. Now, like I mean, he Todd Bowles is a good coach in his in his own right. I'm not disrespecting him on that. And I'm just glad that Bruce Arians like basically was like a person that vouched for him and stuff like that. He's like, I'm going to step back because I want Todd to have his chance to shine like I did, you know, before he he said all of that, too, um, after that. I think it was after that Super Bowl win and all. So, um, you know, it's 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 things like that. You see that journey when people have like their moments. But if you if you stop those moments from happening, you'll never know what you'll have. Yeah. And And, um, you just you just don't want to stand in the way of progress. Right. Like making these chaotic decisions is kind of in the way uh, in its own way standing in the way of progress you know not just your progress as an organization but for these progress for the progress of these people's careers because i mean yeah there are coaches you know that kind of find their niche that you know they they sit they're fine in that coordinator position they like their their hands dirty in the mm-hmm. um in the scheming and that kind of thing right because you know as much as people like to think the head coach doesn't control every little bit of an offense, right, or every mm-hmm. little bit of a defense or a team, he's more co- coaches or head coaches are there for some are uh, granted some are very involved in the scheming and stuff like that. You get your Kyle Shanahan's, your Sean McVay's, and those kind of guys, but they're primarily there as like culture setters and philosophy setters for your organization. And team and builders, you got to be there builders. for team building too. And that's why like guys like Pete Carroll are still around, right? Because he's not he's not out there drawing X's and O's. I imagine he's got people that are putting it in, but he he has this philosophy. He knows how to find guys to put in that'll you know fight for this philosophy, which are primarily like it's documented how well Pete works with like young players coming out of the draft or unrestricted or undrafted mm-hmm. free agents. Um, you got it. Th- th- those are the guys that, um, you know, can make or break a franchise. But, you know, the, with with regards to how, like, the scheming and stuff is done, usually that happens at, like, the coordinator level. Yep. And um, and with that being said, and, you know, thank you, you know, for that insight right there. Did you know that that game in Germany was a Geno Smith and Todd Bowles reunion? Was it really? They was were Todd both Bo- on the Jets. Jets, yeah. Todd you- Bowles was head coach of the Jets, right? Yeah. Yeah, didn't and Todd Bowles. What was Todd Bowles' coaching career? Didn't he also wasn't he also head coach of the Cardinals at one point? No, he wasn't. He was a Todd Bowles was a defensive coordinator for a time, and I know he was a head coach over that. Like that head coaching job with him at the Jets helped him. Uh, definitely helped him in his, on his resume to get him where he is today. Um, and it's it's just a to me it's like a testament to resilience because for Geno Smith, seven years being a backup, especially after you're you know you have a very like. Uh, like just a high turn like you know just uh, what's the word am i looking for like basically just like a, a very crazy first like a few years in the league especially getting your jaw broken off the field issues and then on the field issues kicked in too seven years and you're you're hopping from team to team and then now you're here doing what you're doing leading you know the nfl in some in in some things if if not you know in other ways but then you're you're leading the uh, the seahawks to us you you have a six and four record with and that's to me like that is just a lot, even for Todd Bowles going to where he is now with Tom Brady on the same team and coaching him in, at the Bucks. Like, you just got to know that, like, especially they're just black men 
in this league, making it to a head coaching position and a, you know, a starting quarterback position. Um, it, it just says a lot. And I think even for Geno Smith, I think he was on the Giants at one. Yeah, he was on the Giants behind Eli. And then when he, when Gino, when Geno Smith started for the Giants, he was the first ever starting black quarterback for that franchise. I believe it. Like you don't have a lot of them coming through, right? Like that's it's. it's I would imagine there are still Giants have a look that they were trying to you know to, when they drafting their players and stuff and all that. They've been having a look for a certain number of years. So <laughs> yeah, and they went back to it with Daniel Jones. But <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, I, I I would imagine there's there probably I would say a few teams at least left in the NFL that probably haven't hit that hit that mark yet with. Um, in terms of like diversity at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to put that out there for everyone now. Cause like, this is like, there's like, it's really nice when you kind of keep up with the league and you start to see people's trajectories from whether it's a quarterback coach or a coordinator position and going from there to head coach and seeing what they do and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just things like that, that I love, especially with, we have a lot of black players in the league, but like one of the ones that like a lot of stigmas kick in and stuff like that is at the quarterback position and head coaching positions. Cause Mike Tomlin respect that man so much. That man has been holding that thing down at the, for the Steelers for like <laughs> years. Yeah. Like the talk about like a steady organization, right? Like maybe the, the, the pits, the Steelers organization itself is was solid, but you don't be a head coach when you, when you're a head coach of a football team, you know, you're basically lining yourself up to get fired at some point in the future. Right? Yep. That's, that's not a job that a lot of people get to walk away from. They're usually shown the door. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Mike Tomlin's held it down for, what is it? 14 years now. I think 2008 was his first year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, more, more power to him. Actually, you know, speaking of the, the Steelers, I think, didn't he, he was it Bill Cower that he replaced as a coach of the Steelers? Oh my gosh. I, man, I, I, I can't remember, but uh, the I reason why, remember, I, but man, that just, that tells you something right there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the reason why I was trying to make that connection too, was because, you know, we were talking about Jeff Saturday and Bill Cower went in on Jeff Saturday as a head coach. I mean, like eviscerated him in terms of like his criticisms and stuff like that. I think of Jeff Saturday, I don't know if it was Jeff Saturday himself, but I think it uh, was talked about, but I think it was more about the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, it, 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 even though the Colts won this week, you know, it probably the criticism probably still stands. You know, one win doesn't wipe away an entire, you know, um, questionable decision like that. But you know, there's a Joe lot. Th- of- Joe Thomas had words about Jeff Saturday too, like that. Well, not just Jeff Saturday himself, but like about the decision that the Colts did for Jeff Saturday. Yeah, and you know, everybody has had a pretty strong opinion on on it, and I think that just makes it weirder, right? Um, mm-hmm. You you don't really usually see a lot of agreement across the entire landscape and everybody in the entire landscape was like what the hell was this decision right Mm -hmm. that's that's weird like i feel like that's more of like the let me just bring my friend in and see how he does real quick or something like that you know it's would say i guess maybe somewhat nepotism but a little bit of a i forget the other word cronyism there we go kind of like a cronyism a little bit you know with jim mercy and he's like ah yeah i remember jeff saturday he was our he was like our yeah, we were, star offensive lineman back in the day. Let me just, hey Jeff, you know you wanna you wanna come up here and yeah, you know, I think they had like dinner like the, 
I think they had like dinner the week before or something like that. So, you know, the gears were turning for this to happen. But I think, you know, it's funny because we were talking about how Jim Ursay, we were commending Jim Ursay as being vocal on Dan Snyder. But I think when we were talking about it too, I was like, Jim, Jim Ursay, he himself is kind of a sus dude. So <laughs> the fact that he's saying something says something about Dan Snyder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are seeing some of the sussiness right now. Oh, man. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had to say. Uh, and then the next up, uh, just to kind of keep it pushing is... um. We were going to talk. I was going to talk about the Saints real quick. Yeah, talk to me. Uh, with, so Saints in their season, they do not have the answer at, at quarterback. I'm just who gonna sum who this are up. the Saints? I think that's where we need to start because that is the most like the, the, the Saints are such a coin flip of a team in terms of like which Saints team are you going to get week in, week out, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get like, you know, actually solid, like, you know, a decent Saints offense to then like to complement their still solid defense. And, you know, win a game or two, or is it just going to all come crumbling down when the offense can't even like get a touchdown or anything like that? You know, <clears throat> your quarterbacks are either your quarterbacks currently is like Andy Dalton. You picked up, you got, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, who's just dealing with injury still. And then finally you have your gadget player, or I guess some people want to say quarterback Taysom Hill. Although there are stats that show that when Taysom Hill is is uh, checking in under the center and stuff like that, they're more successful. Like basically, when you put the ball in his hands in some fashion, things get done. But at the same time, like I don't know, they need to do that. They need to work that in for this season. But I I definitely feel like you got to blow it up. Like Michael Thomas, he's out of he's out for the rest of the season with the toe surgery and stuff. I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to probably like cut ties with them trade him off or something like that after the season's over when michael like, thomas when has free... done a lot up to this point to burn bridges with the saints organization as well oh yeah he's he definitely definitely has a bad record i, I am seeing that at this point they're just gonna probably during free agency not let him well, i don't think let him go but like they saints are like tied up in money year in year out at this stage you gotta let all those big players go because you can't build a team when your money's like that because what that's trying to say is like oh yeah we have a team we can go to the playoffs because you know we invested in so many of these players and it's like at this point nothing's working you got to let it go so um like alvin Kamara, you know i mean he's good but like you're not even utilizing him like you should i'm maybe maybe keep him but at the same time you need to start letting some a lot of players go you got to again blow it up same like, thing uh, i think same probably, thing with the raiders probably the one that you'd see happen first is probably you, you don't want to see it because it's your defensive stalwart but it's probably cameron jordan right it's That's, gonna be Cameron Jordan because he's probably age. taking up the he's, mm-hmm. he's he's getting up there in age. He's probably taking up the most money on that defense, and he probably will attract the most interest. Like if someone offered, like if uh, if we had the chance to take Cameron Jordan like midseason, ah, shit, I would have taken him in a heartbeat. Like the guy is an absolute stud and leader on that defensive line. But you know, yeah. I think they got they got young players. I can't remember what what the guy's he's name. He's on his contract year too. Him and uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Oh yeah, Marshawn Lattimore is still on his rookie deal though, right? Yeah, and Ryan Rancheck, um, who else is up high up here? That looks there's like, like a rookie. I can't oh. remember, or not a rookie, but he's like a. I think he's a young player. I can't remember his name on on the Saints. Andrus Andrus P. David Onyemata. Like a lot of people are up for. Uh, I think even um, Alvin Kamara might be up too. No, no, no. There's some dead money. I think there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's dead money. Oh, there's a lot of dead money everywhere actually it's to the point where it's like you need to start trading people off and get some picks because they don't even have a lot of picks either yeah because well their first round pick is going to this the eagles you know and that's a the rich getting richer type of situation and they did that for like and they did that to go get chris olave 
I believe. Yeah, I which is kind of wild, up. right? Like, yeah, I nothing I, against Chris Olave. Like, he's a good player, but it's like I don't think the Saints needed that, yeah, like, to it, trade up for Chris Olave. That's not what they were missing, right? Like, <laughs> they. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it from a perspective of at the beginning of the season, you know, at the beginning of the season, I mean, we know what we know now, right? Which is they have mm-hmm. the injuries that they have, but they had guys like Mark uh, Malcolm. Uh, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry on the roster, right? Getting a third mm-hmm. wide receiver may not have, have been as much of a priority as maybe um, like a, like a quarterback or like a, well, maybe if they're not sticking with quarterback, maybe just offensive line help or that kind of thing. Oh, for sure, man. And, oh, and then speaking of like the dead money, they have Taron Armstead with over almost 13 million in dead money on him. And then of course they got dead money on Drew Brees at 11.5 million. Yeah. I think the guy so, that I think the guy that I was thinking of was Demario Davis, and he's definitely not young. He's been around for like 10, 10 years. I think that was the name. I, I was feel like Demario for. Davis was on the Bills at one point. People were calling him like Super Mario or something like that, if I remember correctly. Was that Mario Williams? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm at looking this at his. Point. I'm looking at his history right now. It might be Mario Williams. Yeah, I think uh, Demario Davis has only been on the Jets, the Browns, another stint on the Jets, and then the Saints for the last four years. But he signed a three-year contract extension with the Saints back in 2020. So I don't know, man. Like at this point, they got to blow it up. They got look. Who do you build around? Some I, think hard hits. I think that's the, the the first question people would ask, right? Complete rebuild. They. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. At this stage, it is a complete rebuild. You need it. I don't know why you did all that to get Chris Olave. He's not saving your season. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you don't, you barely can't even choose a quarterback right now. He's not so, like a, the, the, he's not a Debo. Right, I don't think that's what he's. Yeah, uh, he's not a D bill. He's just he's like he's your receiver. He, he's a solid receiver. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he is a good well. receiver, but it's not saving the team. <laughs> it's it's one of those things, right? Like you, if you spend that high of a pick on Chris Olave, you better be making him get like CMC or D Debo level touches, right? Because your your investment in that position means that he needs to get the offense needs to go through him at that point. They're 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 giving him a lot of targets. So they're giving Chris Olave a lot of targets, especially with Michael Thomas out and stuff like that. At this I'm sorry, but Michael Thomas, you gotta go. You gotta go, bro. Like it's it's not working. You yeah. you're barely on there's, the field. I think no, he's only no been re- in like he's only been on the field like I think less than twenty four games in like a total of two or three years or something like that due to injury. Bro, you gotta let Michael Thomas go. I don't care how good he is. Because if you keep getting injured you're talking about building up a team, you know, you talk about the culture that you would you would set. Like the guy's already shown that he he's willing to burn bridges and that kind of thing. That's not the kind of guy you want young players being around. Because that'll yeah. that'll set that'll put that'll set you back for a long time. But it's yeah, like that's all I had on the Saints. That's all I had on the Saints in that aspect. I think people know and I know some some of my uh frat is like Saints fans. If you are realistic about yourself, your Saints are not going to be making it to another playoffs until they do a full rebuild. And that means getting rid of a lot of your favorite players. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that doesn't mean getting them, getting rid of them all in this offseason. But, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of some of them, using what you get from some of them to draft players like offensive linemen, defensive mm-hmm. linemen, your foundation. And then, you know, this is not going to be a one year rebuild. This is oh, yeah. a, this is definitely going to be like a, at least a two, three year type of process just to get yeah. back to being like, Solid, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think right as of right now, I think they have a a second, third, fourth, fifth, another fifth from Philadelphia, and a seventh. So they just don't have a first round pick either now. So it's like you are in need. You're in need of a, a um a 
you're in need of a pick, but you're a first round pick, but you don't have it because you traded up, you know, for Chris Olave. I mean, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. So it's 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 hurting right now, but um, they're it looks like they're just like people are saying a lot of tanking and stuff like that. But it's like you don't even have a first round pick to tank. You're helping the Philadelphia Eagles, and who, who yeah, they did lose, it. but like they're gonna have like a solid team and have a high pick. Come on, yeah. Uh, just pushing, pushing along. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about. Seems like this is another week, another another week of like big injuries that are happening along uh, around the league. So you want me to just rattle these off, and we can talk. Go about ahead, them. man. Go ahead. First one up, we had Cooper Cup had an ankle surgery. I think that they called it like tightening rope tightening surgery. Basic. I don't know what that entails, but I think he's mm-hmm. dealing with like an ankle sprain type of thing, and they had to do surgeries on IR for at least four weeks. Don't know if it means the season. Um, pretty much derails the entire entire ram season right because they're yep. not known for running the ball right now so you uh, lose your uh, best wide receiver injuries everywhere for the rams too it's so. just yeah it's just that's it might you might be at the point where you're starting to think about I, I rams don't probably don't have their first round pick either so they're probably thinking tank uh, tanking isn't going to do anything for them anyway right right uh yeah zach Ertz. he had knee injury and he's done for the season um yeah i just did. saw that right before this recording and i have him on one of my fantasy teams and that sucks so he was a solid like solid. In, yeah, not just in fantasy but even for the Cardinals, he's been solid for them yeah it, it's tough enough getting like one safety blanket of a, of a tight end like like zach Ertz, right because um like kind of like how we have uncle will on our team like you know mm-hmm. it, when it's third and long you need someone to, to, you know, high point a ball and bring it down. You know, those are your, that's where your tight ends really make their money. Um, oh, man. Losing Zach hurts, him. that hurts. I just dropped him now, so at least I have an open roster or open <laughs> roster spot to fill it with something. So Yeah, and hopefully he gets better soon. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries, at least, you know, in the past three, four years. So Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like it's Baker time over in Carolina now. P.J. Walker is dealing with a high ankle sprain. You and I know both know high ankle sprains aren't exactly the easiest injuries to come back from. Oh, yeah, you're out for at least like three to four weeks, depending. But like when you do come back, it's that that high ankle sprain is still messing with you. Like you're going to be you're that part. That ankle is going to be taped up hard when you come back. Yeah. I mean, so. if unless you play quarterback like Mac Jones does, you know, where you're not you're not putting a lot of impact on it. And it's like the Panthers are kind of like being good. But I mean, in their division, it's technically still open. So I can see why. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. God. Like it's open with they a run with the table. Tom Brady. In there. <laughs> we'll see, man. Like it's it's weird. I think Baker can give him some life right now, but at the very least, I think Baker's like just done, man. I don't. Like, yeah, it's he, not. It's he, not. Working. He's overstayed his welcome. If if we if we're saying that Derek Derek Carr is you know needs a change of scenery, like Baker Mayfield needs that way before him. Like you know, Baker, what I mean? he already had plenty of change of sceneries at this point. I don't know what's going to work with like Baker Mayfield at this point. I think it's just, I think it's almost like you might get relegated to a backup role. Yeah, like that's actually already. Yeah, I should have clarified. I think that's more of a more of what of along the lines of what I was thinking was that you know maybe starting starting may not be starting the, uh, in this league may not be for you even on a on a bad team. Hey, hey, he, Gino been a, been a backup for seven years, and then he came back. I mean, you never know. You that's never true. know. That is very true. Um, so, yeah, Baker time in, in Carolina. More power to them. Hopefully they knock off some big teams, except for us, because mm-hmm. I think we played them down the road. Yeah. Um, Shaq Leonard for, for the Colts, done for the season. Shaq Leonard's their linebacker, one of their star star defensive players. You hate to see it. I mean, the Colts have never really got anything going this season, but mm-hmm. – 
that, that that's a that's a setback in its own right. Even though he hasn't seen the, I don't think he's really even seen the field this season. Um, yeah, at this point, the Colts is just uh, Colts. You're gonna have to blow it up. You're gonna have to blow up that roster too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they, it's done. Colts, Colts. I mean, Colts. Colts had a solid run, right? They. It's really hard sustaining a, a a good roster for a long period of time, and Colts did it for about four or five years, and it just kept playing they just kept playing with money for because eventually some players are going to get tired like some players are like i'm going to stay here for whatever but some players are like i'm trying to do something and like i need this money or whatever so i'm I'm going off like hey let me go over here and stuff like that so yeah and so yeah yeah so i mean like it was an inevitability that they were they were this good defensively for six years and you know offensively Mm -hmm. to some extent and in terms of like offensive line and running back play it's just you know there was a wasted opportunity for the Colts. Mm-hmm. So quicker you quicker you reset, probably the better. You know, sometimes I mean we we we're 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 Seahawks diehards, but you know not everybody can have like a a quick turnaround from a from a from a key position like quarterback, right? So that's go, rare. Going going down the going down the tried and true path of you know establishing what you want to build around and then you know moving on pieces that you don't want to and then going through the draft. Mm-hmm. Better you start sooner than later. Yep. Uh, Jerry Judy, you know, you hate to see that because the Broncos are already struggling so much, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. I'm not sure what the timetable was. It, I think he was getting evaluated yesterday. I don't know if it came out what the uh, evaluation It's either one was. to three. It's either IR. It's either IR four weeks or more or one to three weeks. It's one of the two. Yeah, and so, you know, coming down the line, but Broncos are still trying to f- figure out who they are, so you hate to see it because Jerry Judy is a key player. I mean, they were trying to move on from him in the offseason. Or not the offseason, but at the trade deadline. Um, I don't know, man. I, if I was Jerry Judy, I might even go and I mean, it depends. It just depends on what they can do with, like, Nathaniel Hackett, Russ, and that offense because that's, that's really what the issue is over there at the end of the day. Yeah, and Khalil Herbert on Bears. You know, Bears have kind of had a little bit of a renaissance with, um, with the with with the quarterback play over there, mm-hmm. and um, he's dealing with a hip issue right now. So, uh, could be another one to three weeks. You hate to see it, um, but you know that's that. I don't think that'll derail them too much. It feels like Justin Fields has figured out like what what his style of play is. He had a, he had a good game this week, even though they mm-hmm. they, they resulted in a loss. Yeah, I think and we'll we'll definitely talk about that game because now we got the week ten games now. So you want to just get get through those now? Yeah, let's just let's just rattle through them. Um, we don't have a lot. Of, I mean, we we got a lot of these wrong, dude. <laughs> so we it might. It's funny. I, I I let me let, let me run through this. Let, I got let me let me announce the games. Falcons at Panthers, Carolina. We were both wrong, but like this is it's that coin flip of a game, right? Oh, yeah. You 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 say it every week, right? Divisional matchups. But in this case of Falcons and Panthers, it's really just like who wants to suck like who wants to suck more yeah. <laughs> between the two, right? It's it's weird because like Falcons seem like, oh wow, we're we're figuring stuff out because we're actually not just running but throwing the ball. Panthers is like, hold my like hold my beer, I'm here. <laughs> and then it's just like who like who who really wants that division, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, just it's just meh uh, from from both of those teams. Um, but Carolina's doing good. Yeah. Uh, Vikings at Bills. This is the one, this is my favorite one that Dude, I this was watched. Like, this was like the best game of the week. I mean, Bills yeah. should have won that, right? But <laughs> that no, Adam, that's me. Got that one right because hey, it's not a. It wasn't like a you know a prime time game, but hey, Justin Jefferson is, is he's him. Oh man, that that catch that was an unbelievable catch, dude. But like, that drive where there was like you know what, uh, who else could well, I that was on to? like fourth and eighteen, right? 
or something. Yeah, like but that whole drive to get to that touch, or I think to get to that touchdown, which they didn't really get it, because um, that was funny. It was just like, oh, hey, Justin Jefferson. Is that who I think that is? Justin Jefferson. Man, I really need to get the ball downfield. Justin Jefferson. Like, it just he is kept him. on going to him. <laughs> He's He is him. They did get down there. They lost the ball. And then the ball was on the one-yard line. And then the Bills fumbled that ball in the end zone. So the Vikings still got their touchdown over time. And then eventually Vikings got it, 33-30. It was so. a wild game. I think everybody, everybody just kind of sat back and appreciated what a wild game it was because – I wasn't mad. I mean, I was mad that I lost it the way I lost it, but it's it is what it is. You just like seeing good football. And I say that was like maybe a Super Bowl preview potentially, but um, Vikings you know, do I, look I, like the actual strongest team, and we're you know the NFC is kind of. But like then the, here's the thing, you know, when it comes to sus. Kirk Cousins and prime time, which is playoff games and stuff like that, that's where we're gonna see if Kirk Cousins. They, they got to do a petition more. to move. They got to do a petition to move the Super Bowl to like one o'clock. <laughs> and put some games around it so you know it's not that important of a game right yeah but, uh so lions at bears 31 30 for the lions we both got that one wrong but i mean it, at that point i'm not gonna lie to you i felt like the lions could get it but i didn't think so because i was like oh bears but in my opinion um the bears for well i mean it's a 31 to 30 game so there was scoring on both sides so defense is like an issue and then at the same time you know I guess relying on Justin Fields, but I feel like that's like for the Bears, like for Bears fans out there, nothing wrong with the quarterback that can run you a ball and score you a lot on the feet and stuff, like um, with his feet on the ground and stuff. But eventually, uh, we need to see something in terms of throwing. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like we we gave special teams a lot of love. We gave him a lot of love last week, and it kind of came mm-hmm. down to a missed extra point that was the was the the difference between tying this game at least or, you know, leading it into overtime and a flat-out loss. But, yeah, I think the Justin Fields has been a cheat code in fantasy, and I think that tells you enough as to why, as to where a lot of the focus is in the Bears organization, or the Bears offense right now, right? Like, it, it, it's just all Justin Fields trying to use his legs primarily. Maybe he'll do, like, short, easy throws and that kind of thing. He's got, mm-hmm. I think he had a couple deep balls as well this game. You know, he, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he, he can air that ball out, but... You know, you're taking a they lot need of hits. receivers. They just need receivers, right? I mean, they yeah. I don't know how. I don't. Know, I have the stats in front of me. I don't know how well Claypool played in the second game. Now with the with the team, um, they also have Darnell Mooney, who was like the guy. You know, he was playing really well last year um, mm-hmm. for stretches. Uh, it just doesn't seem like and Cole Komet. Cole Komet, I think he's like Justin he's Fields' favorite. Solid season. Yeah, he's having a solid season at, at tight end, and you know, I think he's Justin Fields' favorite target. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he, he can throw the ball, but it just kind of seems like the Bears are going to do Bears things, which is just kind of stink on offense until, you know, the, these the last, last four weeks. Fantasy, and for fantasy football in the past two or three years, people have been saying Cole Komet's going to have that that season. That season is finally here. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But like, hey, Lions, they kind of came back and they they want some wins, right? So now Jaguars at Chiefs. Uh, we both said the Chiefs. It was 21, uh, 27 to 17, and we were both right. Yeah, it's nice to see. I mean, the, I think the only highlight I really took away from this is something that you should keep an eye on too if you're in fantasy. Is that it seems like Ceh, Ceh has like completely fallen from grace in this offense. Like early on in the season, I thought he was getting a lot of good touches, and it looked like they were running the ball effectively. But Isaiah Pacheco seems to have taken have taken over. Yeah, that that rookie there, he's been really good, and I've seen some people already stack like stored stashed him on their rosters a while ago, just like how people stashed K nine, right? So. Yeah. 
it's weird because like the chief system it's like you can you can kind of change up you can basically kind of change up the running backs but it's mostly the receivers you can just change up any receiver besides tight end you need that <laughs> you need kelsey there yeah and and <laughs> yeah. tooney i think tooney had like tooney had like um more involvement in the offense this week as well he had I think a he had, did he have one of the touchdowns mm-hmm. he had a touchdown yeah uh, i saw, he, I saw yeah, he was used on like a couple of rushes as well probably jet sweeps that type of thing I was like, oh my gosh, he's playing a game. He's playing a game. Look at that man go. <laughs> Look at him not being injured. <laughs> he was just waiting, he was just waiting to get off of the, the Giants. You know, yeah. that's it. And you know, that's, um, yeah, that's that is what it is. Yeah. Next up we have the Browns at Dolphins. We both got this one right. You know, Dolphins. 39-17. And I mean, what else is there to say, right? Two MVP. I don't know. It's like, do you say two is the MVP or Tyreek Hill? Yeah, that's the other thing. Tyreek Hill is on track for two thousand yards. Yeah, man. So we'll we'll see how, and especially with Waddle too. That like those are two speed demons on that team right now. I think that's like honestly, like, that's like the if I had to play Madden, you just want to like start with the very like in terms of Madden terms, I would start with like the Dolphins. You already have two solid receivers. Don't know how Madden simulation is. It sucks, but you know Madden simulation is one thing, but man. It's just awesome to like have both of those receivers, a good solid offense, uh, offensive line, and you know a good run game and stuff like that. But I mean, there's nothing else to say. We're gonna see the Dolphins in the playoffs. I wonder how far they're gonna go in the playoffs. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. So next up, Texans at Giants. I mean, I don't. I don't, know. I don't think like, a lot of people watch this game. I mean, Giants got it, but like Texans are always trying to fight. But I'm I'm sorry, but. Not and sorry, but I'm not sorry. But like Davis Mills is not the answer for for quarterback. For I know he had like a solid rookie year compared, even though the team was bad then and in terms of stats, he was a solid rookie quarterback then. But if you're at number one and you can go and get like Bryce Young or someone else, go go get you a new Q, go get you a new quarterback because Davis Ain't Mills no can't really run, can't really use his legs or anything like that. So. And you, I mean, there's precedence for it. I mean, how quickly did they pull the plug on the Josh Rosen experiment in Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. just pull it we're trying to win now not win like 10 years from now yeah <laughs> uh next up we got saints at steelers steelers got it we we're both wrong on that one but then like it's like again like we talked about it before the saints your offense ain't doing it you gotta just blow up the team at this point in terms of like get like get rid of stuff get picks but uh i think steelers are just kind of coming around you know with kenny pickett finally getting you know Getting his uh, his his feet underneath him a little bit, and you know, winning some games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't put too much uh, put too much mental investment into that game, but yeah, you touched on all the points. They just they, they need to they need to take a step back and rebuild. I think that's the the moral of that story. Yeah, and then Broncos at Titans. I like it was. Let's ride. Uh, Let's ride. <laughs> uh, don't ride, right? Because like it, it's still it it just ain't working. So, um, seventeen ten Titans. Canal got it right, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the one I think the one touchdown they had was like a, a rust deep ball, and I think that that tells you enough about why <laughs> why they put points on the board and why they didn't win that game, right? I don't know, man, because they don't have a run game, they don't have any game. But hey, Broncos keep on losing, so that pick can go, so that pick can get up higher up on the draft board. And uh, one thing to note is um, throughout all of the Broncos games uh, this season, if they actually scored about eighteen points a game. Uh, like about 18 points a game 
for this season, they'd be like either seven two or eight and one. I mean, we and that just shows you a lot. We've been talking about it that like we we stress this week in week out. We don't know what we're doing, but we even said like the Broncos' defense is actually rock solid. Like <laughs> that is not the problem here. Like even we got that right, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the funny thing, the funny thing that came out of that though was that um, Drew Locke. Uh, like last season was averaging 20 points a game with them as quarterback. So yeah, Drew, if they would have uh, the, the, uh, the, the thought experiment was, is that if you had Drew Locke as quarterback and um, this, you can be defense, actually combating the record potentially of like the Eagles and stuff, man. Yeah. Look at y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's that, it's that fan logic, right? Yeah, man. So, I mean, other than that, like Broncos, just look, just tank for the rest of the year. You know, you'll get that first round pick at some point. Thank you for it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Colts at Raiders. Um, The Colts got this one. We talked about this one again. Uh, 25-20. I mean, there's not much else to say. So, you got anything for that one? Nah, it's just Jeff Saturday's first win. Funny that he tweeted a week ago that Raiders looked god-awful or something along those lines. Or they looked terrible. And then he he got to play. (laughs) And then he he showed him the business. But I think they had to come back to win this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... It's just like Raiders. You got to both Raiders and the Colts. Just ugh, just yeah. ugh. Um, now this is a fun one. Cowboys at Packers. I was we were both wrong. Packers we're, got it, but there's nothing wrong with that. We're more than happy with that. We are we are okay with this pick being wrong. Yeah, but Christian Watson was him in that game. Three TDs and like a hundred and like what seventy or hundred and sixty or something yards. Yeah, he oh he gosh. he looked unbeatable. It looked like the. It, Christian Watson had such difficulty staying healthy during the for for large chunks of the season. It'd be like you know your odd injuries or a concussion, but or <laughs> dropping passes, dropping passes, you know very easy passes. You know, that was that was criticized early on as well. But he he was the guy. Like he, they couldn't have done it without him. This he just kind of showed what the Packers could be with what some semblance of an offense. Yep, and I, I mean I hope you know Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson just build on that. We'll see. Um, it seems like it's going good so far. Uh, something's finally shaking, uh, and then the Cowboys like they were up twenty eight to fourteen, so a good old a good full two scores. Like they had that whole lead, and then they still like and then they still allowed the Packers to come back, and then they and then they lost in just an overtime. And that kind of came down to like uh, I think there was like a drive in or like their overtime drive. They got the ball usually when you, that's a huge advantage. They. Yep. Uh, they had fourth down deep in Packers territory. They could have kicked a field goal and gone back in defense, but they went for it, didn't convert, um, which led to the Packers game-winning drive, which was a field goal. You know, that's that kind of makes you think, like, you know, have, should they have gone for the field goal instead of that? But, you know, we're more than happy when, when the Cowboys lose. Yeah, man. So, I mean, hey, Cowboys, just uh... – Y'all do your thing over there, wherever you think it is. (laughs) Right. Uh, So next up, we had the Cardinals at Rams, the battle of the backup, uh, the backup QBs. So cards, cards got it. We were both right. But I'm the one that originally said the Cardinals was going to get it. But I I said that, too. I didn't change my pick. I thought you said you had the Rams. No, I was thinking about changing the Rams. Uh, Okay. okay, okay. Because John Wolford had like good stints last year, but then I kind of voted against it because the offensive line play is just so terrible. But again, we we're both right because you, did, you didn't ago, change it. Yeah, but you didn't change it. You didn't change it until like you know way before anyway. So that's all good. But regardless, I mean, they're both just 
I wouldn't say tanking, but it's just like I it's almost like it's this it's that that's the season kind of for them a little bit. Although I mean we, we talked about to, the injuries. We still need to finish up with the Rams though. To at least we can at least get a win on the Rams um to get, you know, bump up our record and, you know, solidify ourselves to, you know, if not just to be the NFC West champs, but also have like a spot in the playoffs. So Yeah. And finally or no, two more games. So we got the Chargers at 49ers, uh 22-16, 49ers. We both got got that one right um cmc is like cmc is just working with that system that's all i gotta say <laughs> yeah cmc is him as well um, yeah i don't know that's gonna be a tough game for us uh when we come back to them as well um i know i feel like the 49ers are gonna pry this if they keep winning out like this i think they're gonna potentially make it uh as that w- other wild card team for sure um if not if not flipping it right with us being the wild card team regardless yeah. i know i think though at least seahawks and 49ers are going to be like the two teams from the nfc west going in yeah uh, so the if 49ers sure. win next week then we're tied but they ha- they have the tiebreaker because of the head-to-head matchup right right and that's why like we got to finish out strong at least so at least to get to be nfc west champs at the, if we can take nfc west champs and make it into the playoffs that's like a solid season right there yeah for a team that's rebuilding yeah, right. And then done. finally, you got like the game that, you know, everyone apparently got wrong, which was Commanders at Eagles at the Eagles' house. 32-21, the commies got it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I we I think we talked about this last week, right? Like are the Eagles pretenders and I think I I I, th- I thought about putting the Commanders as my pick just to be edgy, but I went I chickened out and went with the Eagles, but um I mean, I don't, I won't put it against you because, like, it was just like Eagles have been good. I'm not saying they were going to win every single game, but like the Commanders, they, Commanders just said, like, hey, we, we, hey. we own the football. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Chase Young is also set to come back in the next game. So, we'll, I mean, glad that he's coming back off of that injury. Hopefully, he can, see, hopefully, he can stay healthy and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, now we got the fun part, which is, you know, let's talk about some week 11 games. All right. So, let's, let's rattle through them. Mm-hmm. Titans at Packers Thursday night matchup. Who you got? I'm going with Packer. Packers. I'm going uh, Packers on that uh, one. I'm, I'm riding the Mike Rabel train. <laughs> I think they get in the Traylon Burks back as well and stuff. So, um, I yeah, think, we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Because like it's weird because Titans and then Packers. No, that's just that's a, that's a weird one. Yeah. Bears at Falcons. This is that's like one of those weird ones. But I'm going Bears. Yeah, I got Bears in this one as well. I don't trust the Falcons as much. Panthers at Ravens. I got Ravens mm-hmm. in this one. I know it's at home, but and Panthers are kind of like a weird wild card type of team, but right. Ravens. You got Browns at Bills. I'm going Bills still. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to change. Commanders, Commanders at, at Texans. Texans. I'm going the Commies. Yeah, let's go Commies. Now uh, if the Texans beat the Commanders, then it's just like, hey, there goes the Commies, right? Yeah. Eagles at Colts. Eagles. That's not yeah. going to change much. Jets at Patriots. This is a good one. I'm going Patriots this one. I'm going to say Jets for now. Okay. I think, uh, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think about that one a little bit more. Um, Rams at Saints. Oh, man. This... Two, <laughs> two struggling teams. Who's going to actually have a decent offense between the two? If John Wolford is still playing, <laughs> I guess Saints. I'm still going to go Saints regardless because, like, I don't like the Rams. Yeah. Um, Lions at Giants. I could potentially see the Lions like rallying, but I'm still going to go with the Giants because they're still solid. Yeah, I think the Giants have figured out a winning way of, or a winning formula for football. Raiders at Broncos. Uh, 
I'm going Raiders. Yeah, I just don't want the I don't want the Broncos to win. I, I look. I, I remember even way earlier in the season saying I'm not going to do the Broncos ever again, and now I'm definitely like I'm not touching the Broncos. Plus, I don't <laughs> want the Broncos to win. Right? Yeah, it's not good so, in our, unless you're trying to do that reverse psychology thing. Right. Uh, Chiefs at Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs. I mean, they. they I think I'm trying they, to think. They might have Mike Williams back for the Chargers, but I'm still going to go Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if Chargers rally and get the win on the Chiefs. Like, it could go, but I think the edge still goes with the Chiefs. Yeah. Next one, one up, we have Cowboys at Vikings. And this is tough because there's like who I want to win and who I think is going to win, right? I'm still going to go Vikings. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going with too. I, it's it's not. It is like granted. Uh, it is in like the three o'clock schedule, but it, what it's not, it's not a prime time schedule. <laughs> I mean, we it's, still, it's like one of those. Like, so what's what are Cowboys' record now? Is are they six and four, seven and three? They're, six well, they were six and they're six and three now. They had a bye, right? Uh, yeah, they had yeah. a bye. So I mean, Vikings are. Uh, we just want chaos. I think that's the thing. That's what we're banking on. <laughs> Bengals at Steelers, though. Bengals, Bengals come on. that one they come they on. they found themselves and then 49ers at cardinals 49ers. 49ers come on i guess sunday night football oh my gosh so, so <laughs> let's look at the games that we that are like the key matchups for between me and you i think titans at packers and uh jets, jets at, patriots. at patriots and then everything else is literally the same it's, so it, like it's yeah it's just but it's like what what can you do right like <laughs> some of these matchups. Either, look it's either because it bears at falcons right I can see the Bears just like capitulating, but I don't know. It's like it's weird. You don't know if you're gonna get like the good Bears solid offense trying to fight, or and the, or you're gonna get the Bears like okay, I don't know what we're doing. We had it, but we're, it's gone. It's one of those things. It's yeah. a flip with Bears at Vic, uh Bears at Falcons. So yeah. besides that, not many other games that are like oh, it's a coin flip. But Rams at Saints watch, might be a little bit of a beat, Watch the Colts be the Eagles. That would be <laughs> funny, very funny at that because that's that's wild. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. So we only have like two games, two specific games that we'll call it between us. Uh, if it's if it's another tie, it's another tie. It's at the, I don't care anymore at this point. Oh man, um, I've completely it's, it's just beaten out your fighting spirit. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I I'm still fighting, but like I just I just want the chaos. That's why I even said Patriots instead of Jets. Some people are gonna be like, oh, you know, Jets for sure, but no, nah, I'm I'm putting it with the Patriots this time. So yeah, we'll see. I, it's a, that's a tough one, right? Because voting like uh, um, betting against Bill Belichick always seems to backfire on people, but you know, Jets they seem to they're kind of figuring things out over there. They are, but you got you still got Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Yeah. He, he, he's solid at times, and then he's not solid in other times. Most but of the I think time. <laughs> I think like one more year with him to see what you have. But you gotta let that. You might have to let him go. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. So we got send offs now. Um. I'll start it off. Everyone out there, uh, COVID sucks. You know. So please, like, if wear that mask, get your vaccines, especially for flu and COVID. Uh. Because again, if you get COVID. You can also get the flu right after, and I've even it is funny because I've seen a lot of stuff on uh, Reddit uh, in the like the DFW area here, uh, where people are getting tested like when they get very sick and they're not they don't even have the flu, COVID, or COVID. They have other viruses that are out, and you have certain people out here um, having mucus coming out of their eyes and stuff like that. It's that it's crazy. It's it's disgusting. That's crazy. But um, that's also why I'm just saying, like, wear that mask. It's flu season, so you don't know what you're about to get. 
yeah. <laughs> it might not be the flu. So besides that, uh, especially with that week of me being off, uh, I was doing a lot of thinking. Definitely need to hit back into the Uncle Burnsy, uh, you, my Uncle Burnsy YouTube channel. I definitely need to finish off uh, Return of the Obra Den. Need to get that one up this week, and then kind of look to put some more stuff on, uh, more content on that channel. So you know, go ahead and go watch those uh, those uh, those streams if you can out there for all. Uh, finally, I still those Gunpla models, the Gundam models I have over here, I haven't even opened it yet. I was actually, I really was gonna do it this past weekend. That was but, that, that was you had the perfect time when you had COVID. This, these are the things that you got from Hobby Lobby, right? Yeah, that's the ones I got from Hobby Lobby, and I know I've been holding on to them for a while. Um, I'm trying to um, actually, like you can see, and I, I we have like a table over here, and I'm gonna clear that off and do it over there. I actually might try to start an Instagram uh, channel, uh, channel, an Instagram page for my Gundam building. Maybe, maybe turn it into a YouTube. That might that might be like the like the pie in the sky dream. But like, I actually want to just do a little something creative just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just from a hobbyist perspective, I want I, I have always wanted to get into the hobby. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, finally, for all the for all the listeners out there, thank you for listening to us. Cons- you know, consistently for all for all of you that have just been coming back. Thank you very much. If you can, you know, rate our podcast out five stars. You know, it, it, you know that that helps us out, especially like with Spotify and stuff like that. Go on ahead and share it with your friends. You know, get them in on it. And uh, yeah, you know, just thank you for being um, some of our. I can actually say that kind of now. Some of our fans out there that kind of come back in to support us each time. Yeah, man, it's kind of it's been great to see. You know, we're we're in episode nine of this. You know, who would have thunk, right? Who would have thunk? Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, you know, I. Uh, we talked about this early on uh, about um, me wanting to start a golf vlog. Uh, so I got all that footage recorded. It, the channel is called Four Iron Golf Four, like what you shot when you're about to hit someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got all that content recorded. So uh, just wish me luck learning how to edit video. I got my sister working on a logo. Uh, she's all in. She's all about it. She's excited too. Um, mm. You know, it's just, it'll be fun learning how to edit video. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just be using iMovie for the moment. And then, cause I heard that's like simpler. And so then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll upgrade to like Adobe products later on, but yeah, I, I don't I have strong feelings against Adobe and their monopolistic uh, tendencies. Yeah. Especially recently with some stuff with Adobe and Photoshop. Yeah. We don't, we, and Pantone and all that stuff. It's, oh, don't even get me started. Pantone. And then they also bought, um, was it Figma? Like they just yeah, keep buying yeah. up any sort of alternative. I, I would Adobe bought Figma, but Pantone bought. I think Pantone bought someone else. Unless Pantone was the one that got Figma. Regardless, it's still nasty how they're just. You don't even own the product. You just you're paying for the right to use the product now, and that's crazy. So right now, I would honestly just say, man, like maybe invest in like your own personal um, MacBook Pro, and just just go heavy on the Apple. Yeah. Well, I, Apple has Final Cuts and stuff as well, right? And that that's mm-hmm. usually like a their premium product. And I move, but it's a one time buy and you own it. Yeah, and that's the difference. That's, <laughs> that's the uh, license in perpetuity, I think, or whatever they call it, right? Yeah, and I think Linus did a video with the um, big fans of Linus Tech Tips on this channel. Oh yeah, Linus Tech Tips is, is fire. Um, big because he definitely made a video on the Pantone stuff. He even said that like. You'll you will literally pay like back in the day they used to have like the top tier Adobe like I think like Creative Suite was like two thousand and something dollars to own it all. That he even said like with the current subscription model you're gonna pay above that within two, two or, or three, three no 
Yeah, two or three. It's either two or three or three or four years. And that's not, and some people are going to say like, oh, that's a long time. Like, no, especially if you're a professional, you get, and you actually like Adobe's products and you want to get more into it from a, a hobbyist or a creative standpoint, you're going to be paying more than if you just paid for that like years ago. Like that that's crazy, right? So um, we'll see what happens on that. But uh, that's just, oh, that's just so much money, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, and uh, echo on what you said, you know, thank you for, for the people that, you know, listen to us week in, week out. To add on to what you said, Adam, be sure to uh, subscribe or follow us on our socials. You know, we're at Misreps on both Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, follow us there. You know, we, we're, we're active when we can be active on that. So um, we just, uh, we're, we're trying to build like a community and stuff like that. And, you know, we loved hearing for, from you all if you, uh, if you're on us over there, cause you know, we're that you get, you guys listen to us once a week, but you know, we we're thinking about football all the damn time, right? <laughs> all time long. So the Instagram one hasn't been as active as late. And with that one, we're trying to put, we have some stuff in the works to get some stuff up and running for something else. So in the moment, like we'll work to get some more posts up and stuff on that one, but more like mostly we're trying to like kind of move over, kind of push some stuff onto youtube soon so we'll see how that one goes and uh again just hey thank you for the support y'all yeah and that's all from us here at miss reps and uh you know uh, enjoy your weekend you have football coming up we hope to see you again next week oh man oh shoot that's right hold up a second the seahawks are on by yeah we- oh no <laughs> next week uh, next week episode is going to be rather short it's just so short. There's no Seahawk talk. We're just going to have like 30 minutes of just, okay, this is the league. <laughs> and now we're gone. Okay, bye, guys. But no. But no, thank you. Thank you for coming out again, y'all. Peace. Peace.